Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Yeah, 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 yeah. Christopher might sound a little more excited than me today because today I have given in to the only thing that Christopher has ever wanted to do, which is to record an entire episode of Cinebuds all about Blade. I mean, why have we waited so long to do this? Because uh, for most of it, there were actual movies coming out. I thought this podcast was about fine cinema, and yet (laughs) we have passed by the epitome of all film. It is about cinema, and it's about K-Poly. So uh, it is a bit strange, but we are finally here. Um, Christopher, could you explain Blade? Could you... if? For those who oh, have not seen yeah. or known Blade, can you give us maybe a quick <laughs> plot rundown or let oh. us know what uh, happens? Christopher, can you describe a sunset? <laughs> no, no, Justin. No, I can't. Uh, but I'll do my best to talk uh-huh. about a wonderful series of films uh, called the Blade series. Listen, Blade is a half-human, half-vampire, vampire-hunter, Ooh, already layers of complexity. Mm, yes. Uh, played by the delightful Wesley Snipes. Who's absolutely ripped. Yeah, he's very ripped and he has a very strange haircut that I like oh, yeah. a great deal. Yes. It's like a tricorner hat from olden timey <laughs> days, but hair and smaller. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh huh. And he played, yeah, he plays a vampire hunter. This is the classic vampire hunter trope uh but uh yeah he so it was a marvel superhero character from the marvel comics and it was actually the first film by marvel studios by proper marvel studio setup a lot of people think it was x-men it wasn't it was blade it was blade and also for those who don't obsessively follow cinebuds um blade has been like an ongoing beat on our <laughs> on our journey here because it's Christopher's obsession and favorite movie. How did how did that come to be, Christopher? Let me just say it's not I can't in all earnestness call it my favorite movie. However, it is definitely the series of movies I've seen the most in my life. I've watched them many, many times. Uh and but I do I do love them. And I used to call it guilty pleasure. It's no longer guilty. I fully just embrace loving these movies. But what was your question? <laughs> Why did it stand out to you so much? I honestly cannot tell you really why I like this movie so much. I love the idea. Uh, I love knowing that I've run into people who also be like, oh, yeah, I love the Blade movies. I watch them all the time. There are many of us out there. And it does have, I mean, they've made three films. It has a great cult uh, following. And because uh, va- vampires are a great genre of film. I think out of all the horror genres or like action genres, I genuinely find vampires the most fascinating. I zombies bore me. Werewolves are cool, but there's only so much you can do. Uh, but then this is like a cooler, uh, uh, updated version of the vampire hunter, but also there's an element and I'm going to just be very honest. There's an element of badness within the goodness, but just an Absolutely. element, just an element. Yes. Yeah. It is quite a mix. Yeah. It's quite a concoction of like 
things that are like legitimately good yeah. and then things that are legitimately bad sitting right next to each yeah. other in order. And it's a, we talked about how uh, parasite is a good example of like, Oh, it's a thing that's normally not good where you switch tones like halfway through the film. Right. And, and, but they do it really well. <laughs> I genuinely believe blade <laughs> does such a good job of meshing great action sequences and costumes and like a mythology with some genuinely terrible dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I love it. We're going to get into it. I watched all three for the first time oh. uh, over the past couple weeks. And so I'm going to go on the journey and then Christopher is going to give like color commentary on it. Uh, we're going to do that right when we come back. Uh, hold on just a second. We make it our mission to amplify positivity. So we're starting 2021 with gratitude. Thank you for supporting the Radio Milwaukee team. Because of you, we're still here to be your work from home companions, your go-to for music discovery, and more. We're excited to bring you new projects this year, plus the programming you know and love. Want to help us make it? Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart to join today. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank, proud supporter of Milwaukee Film, offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at associatedbank.com slash mkefilm. Member FDIC. And we're back. We are back talking about... Oh, uh, you're in for a you're treat. in for a treat. Okay, so I'm just going to go through my Blade journey. And uh, and we're going to talk about it. So I got HBO Max recently. I didn't yeah. get HBO Max. My buddy John allows me to watch HBO Max. That's how that his. works. Yep. That's how they, that's how anyone yep, yep, gets yep. it. And so I was watching it, and I saw that they had Blade, and I thought, oh, Christopher always talks about Blade. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, eh, I'll watch that. Uh, and here, yeah. you want to know my understanding and knowledge of Blade going in? is nothing i oh that's so perfect it really it was perfect and and we will get to kind of like why that is perfect um but like coming in i knew literally nothing i knew that wesley snipes was blade i know i knew that he like looked cool and wore leather and that's it right so going into one i think that the best thing that blade one does is introduce us to the character of blade yeah, it's the origin. It's the origin story. It's the first one you're going to see. Uh, so, I mean, not really the origin story. I guess they just touch on how he becomes Blade, but they do get into the main storyline right away. But yeah, you get introduced to this whole world. And I, I think that's that is the best because Blade is so cool. He looks yeah. so incredibly interesting, and he just like he just is super cool. And I thought that it was great. Like seeing, like visually, there has like I do not remember a more like stunning superhero. They always try to like make superheroes like look cool by like giving them a suit of armor or like whatever. But Blade just like looks very cool, and I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's um, it's nineteen. The first one came out in nineteen ninety eight, yep. directed by Stephen uh, Norrington, who didn't do a whole lot beyond that. He did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but he did maybe a few films. Just a few. Uh, so they were just sort of like, we're just going to try this out mm-hmm. with some guy and uh, see how it goes. And then it kind of caught on. But there was like a lot of it. Um, it was also 
not great and just like how there's a lot of dialogue in it. It yeah. is a lot of background with Blade and Chris Christopherson. I mean, it was just a lot with those two. Yeah, you gotta you gotta lay down you gotta lay down the groundwork for and it. Chris Christopherson to me makes no sense in that role. Chris Christopherson, like the you know the the tender poet of country music. <laughs> and he's yeah. like got this horrible hair. He's like all like buffed out, and it just like his body doesn't match his like it. it I don't know how you call that horrible hair. That's a beautiful mane. I don't know. Of gray. I don't know. He didn't gray work. Also, also, Blade's <laughs> voice really throws me off. I think that it was a. I cannot believe that someone didn't go up and was like, "Hey, man, I don't know. Try something else." No, why would you do that? That's that's a perfect voice for that. I mean, it's so much better than Christian Bale's Batman <laughs> or all the Batmans true. where they just <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. I think Blade, he's just a little bit deeper, a little bit, you know, growlier on occasion. The things we really should focus on as far as the ridiculousness of it is just it it always felt to me like uh like a 40-year-old who like uh, I really I, I just like a fan like a fan of horror and action, but like a little more academic fan of uh, that. Join forces with a fourteen year old boy, <laughs> and they're like every ten minutes or like they get like a fourteen year old boy. Okay, just write one thing. We'll let you write one thing. There, there's a strange. There's a point at which he uh, Blade says something to Chris Christopherson, and he calls him old uh-huh. man. That's a whole whole yeah. shtick. Old, you're you're an old man. And I forgot. I uh, surprisingly forgot the f- actual line, but it's something like "We'll wait and see, old man," or like you know something like that. But the way he pronounces "old man," the stress is on the weirdest word. He says he says something like "Wait and see, old man." It's like he stresses both old and man. <laughs> In such a weird way, I'm like, well, clearly you got to make another take. <laughs> right. So he just says, old man, old man, old man. It's just a weird way to say it. Uh, there's a bunch of things that just genuinely feel like that should have been one more take. Yes. Or someone should have said, you want to try a different line there? Also, <laughs> like, yeah. also, the first movie, I think, <laughs> suffered a bit from what a lot of like good versus evil movies suffer a bit is like not really explaining why bad is bad, which is like why vampires are bad because they bite you they and then people. you live forever. No, most no, no, no. You they mostly just kill people. Okay, they mostly just kill people. Like you, you if you're bitten a by a vampire. Oh, Justin, uh, <laughs> if you, if you're bitten by a vampire and they choose to change you, then they like, they share their blood with you. There's a whole set of forms you have to fill out, <laughs> but if they just bite you and drink your blood, then you're, you're usually dead. They drink to the point okay, of death. If they change you, they drink, they take a little bit and then they start the paperwork. Okay. Um, what a, a very a redeeming quality of this movie that I liked a lot was it was so um it was so diverse. Oh yeah, that's true. It, too. it is like it is so like effortlessly inclusive. There is like in the first one, there is um you know, I I, I like that like Wesley Snipes is is like the black hero and all like the white people are villains. And there was like a big, there's like a scene where they, they are like walking through New York and you just see like 
all the different, you know, um, there there was like a scene where they walked through like a, a big, they were just like walking through the park and there was a bunch of like Asian Americans. And I was like, it's just yeah. like not a scene that, that a lot of movies show. And the real like true diversity in casting I was really felt like groundbreaking for 1998, especially like a new superhero movie. Like we were talking about, um, you know, Black Panther being so diverse. And I was like, this is the first yeah. one. And they really just like had a great, uh, a great amount of diversity that I, I like really felt like was ahead of its time. Well, I, the comic books came out in the seventies, which was like a great time for a black superhero. Mm. Like, I mean, really like the seventies had like all the black exploitation films and you had, you wanted, and they made, they created this like cool vampire yeah. who happened to be black. Um, the great thing about vampire films, another thing is that uh, you can kind of pass by any sort of like human hierarchy yeah. or social structures because now it's just vampires right. and humans. So it doesn't really matter your age, your race, your gender. It's like you are a vampire or you're not a vampire, which is which does allow for a lot of that uh, inclusive casting. Yeah. Let's get to Blade Two. Let's. Blade Two. I had no idea coming in. I had lit. Hold on. Oh wait, I'm so sorry. Back up real quick. Stephen Dorff <laughs> has the worst name in all of Hollywood, uh, and he's I, I do do. He's one of my least favorite villains out of this whole series. Oh yeah, he's because uh, he's just it's his character is so over the top. Like I'm a rebel, but I'm late. I'm so cool and relaxed. Like he grosses me out. But his sidekick, the redhead sidekick of him, is very fun. Uh, whose name I am blanking on right now. He was in the Tao of Steve. It was a great indie film that came out in the, in the early nineties. Anyway, uh, that's my last bit about, so blade two, blade two, 2002. Yeah, I had, um, I did not know anything about blade two coming in. I, my thoughts were, okay, we watched blade one, blade one was confusing and, a little sloggy and uh, probably a little more, a little more bad than good, but not totally irredeemable, a fine movie. Um, and I was like, okay, blade two, we're on a classic downward trajectory. There's no way that the second one is better than the first one. And I didn't know anything about it. And boy, was I wrong. Blade two rocked blade two yeah. was well, so yeah. good. And I like coming in, not knowing anything about it. I did not know that Guillermo del Toro, was the director until the credits rolled. And then it was like, yeah. then so much of it made sense. You're like, oh, of course. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. I, I It was like the things, Blade 2 took all the best parts of Blade 1 and just turned the volume up on everything. They were like, okay, Blade 1, the best part is that he looks cool. Let's make him look cooler. Let's make everyone yeah. else look cooler. And they had those great scenes and there's so much great makeup and costumes and imagination and everything was just so like surreal and bizarre in the way that kind of only Guillermo del Toro knows how to do and is so so good at and there was also like so much less dialogue and they just kind of <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, just kind of helpful. understood that like hey Blade's whole thing is that he looks cool and that everything here looks cool. Let's just make this as visual as humanly possible. And so it was so visual and it was so cool looking. They really backed down on all of the exposition and all that like boring stuff 
And uh, uh, they really just like leaned into the best parts about Blade. Blade Two, an absolute triumph. I was so yeah. I was thrilled and also shocked that the second one could be better than the first. And it was totally right. it was so good. Well, David David S. Goyer wrote all of them. Um, now I'm sure he had help. Maybe I think there may have been co-writers. I'm not mm-hmm. really sure, but he wrote all of them. He ended up directing the last one, which we'll get to. But yeah, when you have Guillermo del Toro come in you know that he's going to be like, he's going to have a lot more say. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, you have the whole storyline of essentially is like blade has to team up with vampires to kill this worst kind of vampire that's killing. And that was a very smart move on them to be like, you know, let's not make, you know, in the first one, they, they messed around with all the, like, you need to get like 13 people to come together to release the blood King. And this was just like, okay, vampires are extra bad. That's it. You know? yeah, yeah. Okay, we got a super bad one. Absolutely. And then you got some nice vampires now, which is always fun. <laughs> and then you came up. They have the blood pack led by uh um oh I'm blanking right now. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. You have the who blood is, pack led by Ron Perlman. Excellent. Who is it's a perfect choice for this. Perfect. And here's the thing I love about the blood pack. Blood pack is a collection of vampires who are trained to try to kill Blade. But what happens now is they have to team up with him, which, oh, all sorts of conflict. Um, but I love a team that all has their own specialty. Totally. I call it the A-team effect, where everyone has their own specialty, and they have, like, code names. So when they just introduce them all, and they're sitting in, like, a band pose, yes. I was like, yes. Me too. And I was like, yes. They just, like, gave us what we wanted. And and they're all, like, they all look incredibly cool. They all yeah, kind of, like, exactly. have their own personality and, like, individual thing, which, like, any kind of, like, A-team gang like that gets, you know? They yeah. just, like, they did everything right there. It's got a great cat. It's got Donnie Yen plays one of the blood pack. He barely talks, but like he was an it man, which we talked oh, yeah. about briefly. Um, and then uh, Nor- uh, Norman Reedus is in it from walking dead. He plays like this new, uh, this new assistant to blade named scud. And he's got, so I have so many questions about a lot of things that happened in this movie. Uh, but Chris Christopherson, here's a great through line to these films. Chris Christopherson, I believe, dies in every single. Oh my god! I know. I hate that. Wonderful. I hate that. I was like, that is the beginning of this. Like every single this time you watch a superhero movie, everyone dies <laughs> multiple times and then gets brought back. There is like the stakes are always life and death, and then someone dies, Justin, and then the stakes are meaningless because they to, bring them back. I hate that. You and this have was the to let it go. That. I can't let go, Christopher. I can't. You have to let that go, especially in a movie like this where life and death is very vague mm-hmm. because you're already talking with undead. Right. Uh, so they find. Chris Christopherson's character bring him back. Spoiler alerts, guys! It's been out for decades. <laughs> so, but he dies in every film, and I think that's the most hilarious. It is pretty funny. These films. I also would like to point out: there's a point at which, seemingly, Norman Reedus is on a stakeout, and he's inside a van, and he opens a FedEx box that has Krispy Kreme donuts. Yes, in he them. does. I have so many questions just about Dude, that, dude. Yes. We are technically in a world that, though they don't say it, it's not obvious, it's maybe an alternative future, perhaps. But do you have to have Krispy Kreme FedEx to you? And are they still good? Dude, and they had him, like, eating that donut for so long, like, throughout an entire scene. 
I've seen it so many times. I'm like, that's clearly not a Krispy Kreme no, donut. No, it's not. It looks nothing like a Krispy Kreme donut. I'm I so same thing. fascinated by I that portion. Dude, I was like, Krispy Kreme is so light and tiny. Like, they just do not sit in your mouth like that. Yeah, so it, it's a that one's a fun one. It's Guillermo del Toro. It's a lot of fun. There's a bunch of weird... In every film, also, I think that one has the most deaf song in it. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Eye Against Eye, which is a great song. I think that's in the second one. If not, it's in the first, but that's a great... There's great soundtracks. Yeah. Yeah. So, two. Like two. Yeah, Blake two is often, is often people's And I, and uh, I had no idea going in. Um, I did not know that. And so then I really didn't know yeah. what to expect for uh, Blade 3, a.k.a. No, Blade Trinity. Um, okay, Blade Trinity, I know... 2004, directed by David Escoyer. 2004. I didn't. I also similarly didn't know anything about it coming in. I came in <laughs> seeing. I saw the uh, little clip at the beginning had Ryan Reynolds, who I absolutely despise, and I can't stand him. And oh, so I was like, okay. I then you're gonna beat that movie. But Blade Trinity, I think, was somewhere between Blade Two and Blade One. I. Fascinating. I do not think that it was. I do not think that it was the worst. I think that. Wow. I think that the like the plot really makes sense. I think they do a lot of really good things with the plot. You know. Yeah. You know, it's like. I I, <laughs> I have to stop. I have to stop you just for one second. <laughs> okay. This is the most surprising. <laughs> this is the most surprised I've ever been in my life. And I've been mugged before, <laughs> and this is the most surprised I've, I've ever been. Well, it, it was like because there were there were parts that made sense where it's like I I really I appreciated its intersection with the vampire and the human world. I feel like it's a thing that is often not done or overlooked in superhero movies where they don't it, they just kind of ignore the human world entirely. And I like that this brought the human world in. The thing that ultimately does blade in is the feds. You know, it's like you could, they couldn't get superheroes to stop him. And so they, you know, they bring in the police. And I thought that made a lot of sense. And I think that bringing in, like, I think that bringing in Dracula, he is really freaking scary. He, <laughs> like, he, it's very he is, he is terrifying. And I, I, he was like a convincing villain. Um, and so it had those things. Uh, it also had a lot, uh, had a lot going wrong with it. <laughs> oh. You say wrong, I say oh so right. The thing, so the thing that I the thing that I didn't like was that in Blade Two they really they they leaned into the visual aspects and they're like Blade looks yeah. cool. We're gonna make him look cooler. We're gonna have these kind of choreographed scenes. We're gonna have like these villains wearing wearing weird uh, sunglasses that go over the top of your head. You know, it was like it was all like super cool looking. And Blade Trinity, it was like clearly we had stepped into another decade. It was very much like we're out of the 90s, we're into the 2000s. And where Blade 2 was so focused on style, Blade 3 was so focused on action. It was like instead of having stylized choreography, it's going to be explosions and car chases, which was just like a real bummer for me. It was just like the fast and furiousness of the of the yeah they they tried to have elements of the second one which was really successful with having like a gang you know like another gang kind of involved but it's like a group of humans that fight vampires and they're related to whistler which is chris christopherson's character 
um, related to her through Jessica Beal, which I have a lot to talk about a soliloquy that she gives, <laughs> which is possibly the worst metaphor in film history, but it, it, it's, it's my favorite scene in the movie. Um, the third one. So the second one was very, very good. The three movies are very different. They are so different. I mean, I mean, there's obviously there's similarities, but when you watch them more, especially or if you watch them all very close together, you talked about the first one. Essentially, it's a it's a working man's movie. You just got to get in there, set up the world, get through the first story, and it did really well. So, said so it did well. They put more power behind the second one. You got Guillermo del right. Toro, and you got some star power in there, and then you make this more visual beautiful scary grosser it's a much grosser movie than that one but there's also some cgi action scenes in there i really didn't like it was the only thing i didn't really like about the second one is that there's there's some some terrible cgi CGI in blade 2 wait till you get to blade trinity oh yeah then you get to blade trinity and then it's i feel like they're like oh we're we're just going to coast now. No problem. (laughs) This is going to do great. And they just kind of lost some steam. However, they did still have some talent involved. So this one is the biggest mix and match movie. It's like the things at sometimes it felt like they chose to throw so much money at some things and almost nothing at others. There's, yeah, there's so many elements of this movie. <laughs> there's this scene right, right when they begin where this guy takes like a gigantic brick out of the floor that like has, you know, it is like a bit of a pyramid. And it's a thing that would weigh like 400 <laughs> yeah. pounds. And it's clearly styrofoam that he moves in like a yeah. second. And then they have like a big ass explosion that must have cost like so much money. And I was like, dude, you couldn't put more money into making that brick look heavy? We're going too okay. fast. Let's start. Let's start by saying who lifted that brick. <laughs> oh it was tr- it was the wrestler Triple H, it who plays a fellow named Jarko Grimwood. <laughs> oh my god! That's an all-time this is not. Great I'm not talk- that is an all-time. You think game. I'm talking about the Harry Potter films? Yes. I'm not. Then and that's led by, um, and this is the most puzzling uh, uh, thing ever. Is you have. Um, you have uh, 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 Parker oh Posey as the head of this. It is a masterclass in bad acting. So funny. No, no, no. I, I disagree. I genuinely believe in my heart that she's like, I, I'm Parker Posey. <clears throat> I, I do certain kinds of films. But somehow I end up in Blade Trinity. I am going to be the most Parker Posey I've ever yeah. been in this movie, which doesn't make a great deal of sense. So because she's just this like really metropolitan, sassy, sarcastic character, I found that so entertaining because it doesn't fit. It does <laughs> she just still does and it. all the villains are comedians. Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly, Parker like, Posey yeah. has a scene where she's talking to Dracula and she says something like really flippant, like, oh, nice necklace. Where'd you get it? And then she to herself mouths the words oh you're so stupid (laughs) and and she's rolling her eyes like no one's ever rolled their eyes before and it's so funny and you have that but then you also have jessica beale and this other group of vampire hunter type of people that have their group and it's it's ryan reynolds who i do not dislike i started out disliking him and i think for the same reasons possibly as you but i have grown to really appreciate his sense of humor uh um 
after I real after he kind of moved away from doing like essentially Jim Carrey tones in his voice. Uh, it just like is that I understand just so that the like annoyance. early two thousands Dane Cook sure. like sarcasm as humor. <laughs> Oh my god! How dare you say Dane Cook in a movie podcast? That's like saying that is humor. Just like is sarcasm, and I like sure. I just like don't like that. Like I genuinely love the scenes between him and Blade, where Blade says not a single word. He just looks at him, and Ryan Reynolds can't shut up. There's a great scene where he's being tortured by vampires. He's got amazing one-liners, and I'm not saying he came up with them. There's some really, really funny one-liners in there. And he said, they're trying to find a tracking device. And he goes, it's right under my, it's on my butt, right under my Hello Kitty tattoo. And he actually does have a Hello Kitty tattoo, which is funny. They also breed a vampire with a Pomeranian. Oh, yeah. So they made a vampire Pomeranian. Really did enjoy the vampire dogs in that film. Blade does have Um, one of the best jokes in the movie. Which one was that? Where he says, where he just takes down Ryan Reynolds, and he's like, "What do you?" He's mm-hmm. like, "Ryan Reynolds is wearing this thing that says like F you." This like little sticker. Yeah, he's like, oh, "What yeah. is that?" <laughs> it's like that like little takedown of him. I thought was very. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> um, I, I really I have to talk about uh, Whistler uh, Abigail Whistler, who's Jessica Beale. So she has this. She oh leads this God. team of vampire hunters. <laughs> uh, the comedian. Who's why well, can't I remember anyone's John name Michael when I need Higgins? to know their names? John Michael what? Higgins. No. Oh. No, who is great? He plays uh, a psychologist. He's like actually it's strange because him and Parker Posey have both been in those Christopher Guest movies, like waiting for Guffman. I know. I was like, why are all the comedians? Movie. It is and John Michael Higgins is really funny in uh, in this scene. Yeah. Um, but you got Patton Oswald is oh one God, of the groups yes. too. I gotta talk about Patton Oswald in a second. Um but there's a scene where Jessica Beale, uh, one of her friends is killed, and <laughs> and Blade is saying, get it essentially saying, get it together, use this to fight, you know, use the right. pain. And she delivers this uh monologue I call the knife of sadness. <laughs> because she says, I have a knife, it's like I have a <laughs> knife of sadness in my heart, which is already like 12-year-old poetry. Yeah. <laughs> I have a knife of sadness in my right. heart. Um, and, and she says, when it's, when it's in, when it's in my heart, I'm strong, I'm untouchable. That's not how knives work. (laughs) That's that's not how stabbing works. If I, if you were strong and involved, I'd stab myself all the time. That doesn't make any sense. Then she goes on to say, and if I pull it out, I'll just die. And I'm like, yeah, but you'll also die if you leave it in. It doesn't make any sense. That is objectively. And the knife of sadness is so silly. Uh, but I love that part so much. I get excited every time it's about to, <laughs> about to come on because it's also delivered with soap opera grace. Yeah, um, yeah that is really funny. Pat Oswalt uh, wrote this incredible, and you should Google it. Uh, this incredible essay, or or just it was just in an interview, really, where he talked about Wesley Snipes on set for Blade Trinity. Yeah. But he stayed in character. I think he did it for all the movies, maybe. But at least by the end, he was like deep into oh Blade. Oh, my God. So he stayed in character on set, oh which for a God. movie like Blade, that is that's that not is necessary. not necessary. I mean, and as great as he is in the movie, it's it's like Batman. It, it doesn't take it's not 
the biggest no, chance. No, it is to not, pull it's off. not a complex or rich character. The the martial arts, I should also say the martial arts in this movie are really yeah. great. Really, the fight scenes are 50% of the reason to yeah. watch it. They're really, really good. Sword play, weapons. Oh my arts, god, there's really that good. scene where it's like a legitimate he like takes off the full length leather duster and has like a red turtleneck and a black oh, yeah. and a black leather vest and he pulls out the sword yeah. and it's like a renaissance style three musketeers duel with dracula <laughs> and i was like what yeah. <laughs> where he pulls off a three-story suplex <laughs> yeah. i'm not even a wrestling fan and i know what that is oh. and i know how funny that was but uh, Pat Oswalt talks about how he just stayed in character and it was so kind of embarrassing for everyone to have to call him Blade because oh, uh, no one else is doing that and he got, he got into so many fights with the director and he stayed in his trailer he did the, all that stuff in fact he even choked the director or the writer actually I think it's I could person, just so. imagine uh, how he, much fun it he, would be for Wesley Snipes to be Blade though I could I, I can understand yeah. wanting to live in that character for as long <laughs> as humanly possible but the fun stops when you start it choking does. your director in real it life. Yeah. So yeah, th- there's a lot of scenes in uh, Blade Trinity, at least in Blade Trinity, where can, if you don't see his face, it's probably can not we him. talk about another comparison to Orson Welles that I'd like to make <laughs> oh between Blade, God, what? <laughs> Blade, and uh, and Orson Welles. A lot of a lot of comparisons. Uh, um, I refuse to be on scene with this man. Was, was there a boner shot? In the movie? Uh, I know what you're talking about. There's a scene where he is revived and he stands up. And, and it, for some reason, it, the camera the does camera not follow him not, up. It stays on his The camera crotch. just stays there for an unusual beat. Yeah. I I attribute it to your standard uh, pants <laughs> fold that you get in that area. It didn't really look like a boner shot. It looked like just a pants fold. Christopher, not only is ready, he is ready <laughs> with a defense. Um, yeah, I've seen this movie so many times. Yeah, it was... There's some t- truly terrible terrible lines and again that was the 14 year old boy that contributed but there's some genuinely funny stuff that's why this movie and here's why I was said I was fascinated and surprised when you said you like wasn't your least yeah. favorite it is most people's least favorite I can imagine by and large this is not well regarded yeah. I however is my favorite because it is such a collection of mismet mismatched pieces that it's fascinating yeah. and more fun yeah, to watch it's not as solid as a film but it is solid as an I, I think that's what I I think that's what I liked about it too is that it did give me a lot to think about yeah it, and laugh about and like puzzle you yeah, a little very bit. <laughs> puzzled yes and I also yeah. like I think overall going through these three I was like man if K Polly just wants to do trilogies like this or franchises I would be down for because yeah I I did really enjoy seeing how the movie changed over time seeing how they changed directors and how that changed blade and how to the backstory or how like trying different things either worked or didn't also like going through time like when you start in 1998 it's very clearly the 90s and when you end in 2004 it's very clearly the early 2000s. I, I really did love looking at this from like uh, 
You know, just I just I love seeing art change over time. And it's like what I like about listening to albums or musicians and listening to them, you know, their first album through their last is like you get you get kind of like those ups and downs and the changes. I I really I really did enjoy this and I yeah. I I would I'm definitely I want to do this more. I did and I did that a bit with like Pirates of the Caribbean earlier in the year or in the pandemic where it was like it was fun to go through all of them and to see how it changes yeah. and, and over time. I, I did. I really, really enjoyed that, and I really like. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a fun thing to do for sure. Yeah. Um, before we end on Blade, before we close the book, uh, we should. T- I really want to quickly talk about the new Blade that's going to be coming out with Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I so I told somebody that I was watching it, and they were like, "Oh, there's like new Blade of Mahershala. I can't like wait to see that." And I was like, "Okay, I don't know." Yeah, uh, I, I when they when Marvel rolled out its like big plan for like the next ten years, they announced at Comic Con and Mahershala Ali came out and they said they were doing Blade and Plate and the place went bananas. So apparently Mahershala Ali, they were there was talk uh, Wesley Snipes wanted for years to keep going, I'm sure. and there were there were people who were like pursuing it, but it was taking a long time because I genuinely don't think there's a lot of interest from studios right. anymore. But Mahershala Ali got into his head that uh, after he won two Oscars and he called someone and said, I'd like to play Blade. And essentially they said, green light. So it's kind of sad for Wesley because he's been trying so hard and they're like, well, we'll see. Let's put it off. And Mahershala Ali calls them like 100%. Sad for Wesley Snipes, though. I got to be honest. I was not excited really for a fourth blade with Wesley Snipes only because I felt like they weren't going to give it like the attention it would need to continue to be valid and cool. And even like you, even he was started to, you know, you can like, I hate to say like, you can like see the age and you can like see him slowing down, but it was like you, you get to a certain point with action movies where, you know, it does yeah. like it does it does change or take a toll, you know. And I think an older blade because I like he's a half vampire, so he's going to age much more slowly. But still, like if there's some version of an older blade you could do, that would be interesting. I just didn't think they were really going to put anything behind it that would make it yeah. good. But with Marjali on board, I feel like they're going to go in a more like legit direction. It will be interesting to meaning, see what they do because like yeah. its charm is kind of its lack of self-awareness you know yeah i however i have to i have to believe after watching them that there's a touch of self-awareness but again based on how they usually go it's body like sometimes there are scenes where i'm like i don't really know if they know that that's not funny or if they know it is and that's what they're celebrating it's hard to tell but with the Mahershala ones, I mean, now you've got Marvel in its like it's a, a megalith, right. and it's got, but it's it's done really really well with the vast majority of their properties, <clears throat> and they've got Mahershala Ali, who's an amazing actor, and I feel like they could put some, and especially with the success of Black Panther, I feel like they could really build because it's a cool character and it's a great story. It's a great, it's an interesting story to make a more serious version of yeah. it, I think would be entertaining. I think it would be really cool to see, even though I love the idea. I love the old ones for being a little bit silly. Too. Yes. And also like, I think the it benefited from not having that, like 
the structure of the superhero movie and uh, of not quite having it figured out. You know, like Blade Two was experimental. Yeah. Like that, there's no way no. they can make Blade Two again with like the way that the you know the superhero industrial complex would not allow for that to happen. No, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. They've they've taken some dare. Like they've changed. I mean, they went from making like. Uh, bright and shiny ones to making the dark version. Then they made the funny superhero right. film. And then, uh, so I, I don't know. They do have a model that works, but they have a couple models that work now. So I'm right. But they, the, but hopefully there's enough hubris there work. where they'd be like, we can try one more thing. But What's Blade that? is great because it doesn't quite work. It's like kind I of half baked is like the, is part of why it does work. I agree. So the 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 new thing that they are going to do is something different, but sure we're still will a really work, cool character. But it'll be like a little more boring because it'll be different. it is not as choppy. I don't know if it'll be boring. I mean, I hope it's not boring, but I think doing something different isn't a terrible thing in this particular okay. case. Because if they tried to recreate what they did with the original ones, it's not going to happen because that happened because of circumstance, yes. not on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think they're going to have to go in a different direction, but I'm, I'm fascinated to see it because this character is is really fun for me, and seeing a like a maybe smarter version, maybe yeah, not just, as fun, but might be as voice. good. I don't know. I just I just What's hope that? that Ali doesn't do the voice. Oh, he's gonna do the voice. Just, he's gonna do a voice. It's gonna be deeper. There's no way it can just be hi. I'm Mahershala Ali. That's not how he talks. But. Um, I also, God, we. I'm telling you, this is, we're just gonna have to do two of these. There's a TV show of Blade that was short. I saw that when I was looking it up on, and it starred a gentleman named Sticky Fingers, and he was from Onyx, which was a '90s rap group that had one hit, and that hit was Slam. <laughs> if you don't remember it, can you guys play Slam on 88.9? Whatever you want. Where's the request line? I need the request line I now. Look at, I oh, look you play Slam, but yeah, Slam by yeah. Onyx. Um, but those were also uh, written by David Goyer. David Goyer does not care; he just wants to write all blades. Oh, yeah. But it's it's been, from what I've heard, so very very terrible that even I have not watched wow. it. Wow, I, I I feel like I should though. Okay, hey, we're at forty minutes on Blade. If we, Listen, we have that's this is part one, guys. <laughs> Strap in. <laughs> okay, Blade. They're all on HBO Max. Watch them all. It is a fun and interesting watch. Watch them all for twenty years of your life. Oh, can I? I sorry. There's got. I've got one more thing. My current, my current, uh, lovely girlfriend. Uh, when we first started getting to know each other she expressed that she also loved the blade films and her cousin worked at no studios and could program there and her cousin i think between the two of them they showed all three blade movies all day at no studios and i believe that was intended to wound wow and it worked it was me and Nicole and two other people who were there all day while <laughs> watching those movies. That was an, uh, that, that is, is a, love. Uh, that's how you woo a, a young gentleman <laughs> such as it. myself. All they had to do is just watch Blade all day. Just program them in a really cool theater and watch wow. them all day. With we me. love that. Love. That. Yeah. Um, okay. Blade. They're on HBO Max. 
Christopher, you know what I've been watching all week. It's been Blade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you should. As you should. Uh, quickly, what else have you been watching? I, I, I don't want to talk about what I've been watching. Okay. Because on this show, occasionally, we'll talk about books and music and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, w- I do want to talk about the fact that I have never read uh, Jane Eyre. Uh, I've never read any of those female writers from Victorian that era. from that from that era, and it's like a blind spot I've had forever. And so I've decided to fix that, and I started reading Jane Eyre, and I was like, there are ten to fifteen movies about Jane Eyre, and I have very luckily never seen any of them because I'm going into this a little bit fresh. So it's been very interesting, and I've been jo- enjoying it, and also like vaguely starting to remember what the plot is. So I'm I'm worried that I'm gonna because it, it's a little spooky it's a romance but it's there's a little bit of a creepy element to it that i'm excited to like grow yeah towards. i have so not read it since yeah. high school so i honestly oh you did read it in high did, school though yeah oh, that's but great. i honestly i remember absolutely nothing about it i'm excited to dig in on uh on the movies afterwards because i love seeing i love reading a book and then finding especially if it's a classic because then you've got a few sometimes a few different options to see how they adapt totally it. Okay. I've also I've also um, realized lately I'm hitting that stage of life where my music tastes are just sort of static yeah. now. Like I like everything I've liked before today, right. <laughs> and that's and that's and where it's I'm all slammed by Onyx. <laughs> it's Onyx. Uh, it's it's just just that one song because uh-huh. it's all I'm familiar with. And most deaf, I get to die. Oh, mostly mostly Blade related f- music. But when I when I worked at bookshops, I loved it when people came in and said, "Hey, listen, I like the, this book and this book and this book. Can you recommend oh, yeah. a book?" Totally. I love doing that with movies, yeah, but music is music. I am not nearly as educated right. on. So what I would pose to you, Justin yeah. Barney, since you are, is I would like to, and I'm not ready to do it okay. today, but I would like to give you maybe three or four bands or musicians I like and have you tell me something more contemporary that oh, I, I might think, like. Do you think? Oh, no, I would love to do that. I would, I would, I would absolutely love that. That would be great. And that way I can uh, not feel old all the time. Great. Yeah. I was like, do you, do you want to do all that right. live or do you want to just send it? To yeah. Maybe we'll do that in our, in our, what you've been watching section. Okay. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Okay, That's this right. is Cinebud. Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Woo! Our, we get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. We also would like to thank Associated Bank. Oh, thank you. We're we're uh, humble subjects. Uh, an honor to be associated. Um, yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, also, thank you to our members of Milwaukee Film and 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. Love you to And death. truly, this episode would not have happened without the love and dedication of the one and only Christopher oh, Wesley Snipes. Oh, our, me. I know Wesley. Some people call him Milwaukee's Blade. I, I do think that's accurate. I do think that's accurate. I am Milwaukee. I am Milwaukee's blade. I, you know, I fight the undead at night, guys. He does. Uh, all yeah. right. Thank you. And a see you next week. And as Blade says, a coochie coo.